Welcome to Straight Talk for Real Life, produced by Hewlett Packard Enterprise. With all of the uncertainty in the world these days, we all could use a positive, healthier way to cope with all the stress. More than ever, meditation and mindfulness may be something you want to consider. Now, if you're skeptical, that's okay. But there are millions of people in business, in the tech world, and in sports who swear that meditation makes all the difference. We invite you to listen with an open mind. Hi again and welcome to Straight Talk for Real Life. I'm Bob Peacock. I don't need to tell you that stress is at an all-time high these days. If it's not the health crisis, then it might be financial uncertainty or pressures from home or at work. Too often, many of us have those little voices in our head telling us that we're not smart enough or that we're going to get sick or we're never good enough. And those voices are usually so focused on the past or the future that it causes us to miss the present. And that all adds up to a heavy dose of anxiety. Especially in times like these, we need practical, healthy ways to deal with stress, anxiety, and fear. There's never been a better time to consider mindfulness and meditation. With me on the phone is Dr. Megan Jones-Bell, Chief Science Officer for Headspace, a company that has developed the world's most popular meditation app with more than 62 million users in 190 countries and more than 2 million premium members. Headspace makes learning and practicing meditation easy, and it's free to HPE employees. Welcome, Megan. It's so great to have you here today. Thanks so much for having me. I know that many people practice mindfulness and meditation, and others have lots of questions, so we're going to try to answer those questions in today's episode. What are mindfulness and meditation? Is there a difference? There is a difference, and it's um, really important to clarify this for people given, um, you know, in our, our popular culture, they tend to be used interchangeably. Um, we like to think of meditation as being the formal practice of learning how to direct your attention to the present moment. Meditation is really this more deliberate, intentional practice of the non-judgmental present moment awareness, which ideally is accompanied by a sense of compassion, both for yourself and others. Mindfulness is really how we generalize that to the rest of our experiences um, throughout the rest of our days. And so you can have mindfulness and mindful approaches to things like social interactions, to going for a walk, to eating. Um, mindfulness is really how we generalize that um, and learn how to bring that kind of compassionate present moment awareness to everything else we do throughout the day. So is one more effective than the other, mindfulness or meditation? Well, you can think of, um, I think, a great analogy for people is to think about strength training. So I might intentionally do exercises that help, you know, train the muscles in my body, but then I'm going to go out and lift my toddler and actually put them to use. So that formal training is really what meditation is about. It's, you know, ideally doing that with guidance at first so that you're learning how to apply the different techniques um, effectively, but then you want to go out in, in the rest of your life and actually put it to use in more of a functional way. There's no right or wrong way to incorporate mindfulness into your life. 
um, many people find that when they have a regular meditation practice, um, we've done a lot of research showing that even 10 minutes is effective, that it's much more easy for you to apply mindfulness um, to the other aspects of your life. You can certainly approach um, this through layering mindfulness onto other existing routines that you have. So, for example, if, if somebody feels like sitting down, closing your eyes, and listening to a guided meditation is just like too far from where they are right now, mm -hmm. it could be a great way to start by we all go for walks or runs or we all go to bed at night. Um, you can layer mindfulness onto some of those other routines that might give you a sense of kind of conceptually, you know, what is different about a mindful approach to this thing that I already do most days? Um, can help you understand um, what the benefits of this practice are, and perhaps that inspires you to actually sit down and close your eyes and do a formal meditation, or perhaps you decide to stay with mindful activities. I think one is not necessarily better than another. Um, you certainly get the benefits of meditation faster if you're doing a formal meditation practice um, because you simply get that dose of effect more quickly. So you, you mentioned the benefits of meditation and mindfulness. What are those benefits? Well, one of the most robust benefits that we see associated with um, a meditation practice specifically um, is a reduction in stress, increased resilience to stress. Um, when you are doing a meditation exercise, in the moment, activating your body's natural uh, relaxation response. And so there is an immediate kind of calming effect that a meditation can have. A lot of part of that is explain, explained by um, simply controlling your breath um, and having a more regular rhythm to your breathing. Um, that's further explained. So some of these additional benefits that we see above relaxation exercises is that meditation is actually helping um, decrease your reactivity to negative emotions and to stress. Um, it's actually reducing activation in the part of our brain called the amygdala, which is really our reactivity or emotional um, center of our brain. And activating, increasing activation in the prefrontal cortex, which is our decision-making, critical thinking, um, more rational part of our brain. We want both to be engaged in our, <laughs> in our decisions and our behavior, um, but it's really about helping us calibrate you know, do I really need to react to that stressor so intensely? Am I, am I carrying forward stress from something else and taking it out on, you know, my, my spouse or my partner in the moment? Um, meditation is really helping you learn how to leave those past stressors in the past, um, not really pick up the worry about the future, but really anchor you to the present. We see that in physiological effects of meditation. We see it in um, brain science, the neuroimaging that we've done on meditators. And so these, um, these experiences that people describe um, when they've done meditation really are mirrored and explained through science. So can meditation help improve your physical health as well? Well, we've certainly seen a lot of um, professional athletes turn to this practice um, one of the, the main reasons that they have is because of the effect of, of meditation on your ability to focus. 
um, often, uh, as you described, that negative chatter uh, of our thoughts telling us, you know, we're not going to be good at something or we focus on the pressure or the need to perform. It actually takes us out of our ability to be, you know, really intentionally focused on what we need to do in a specific situation. And so a lot of athletes are actually using this as a way to um, manage negative emotions um, and and direct their thoughts to the present, really to improve your ability to focus. And we've done that research on Headspace as well. We've shown that just a single session of Headspace can improve in the moment focus and that your ability to focus over time um, is increased through repeated practice of about 10 minutes of meditation. I've read that mindfulness can be applied to just about any situation during the day, but meditation is usually practiced for a specific amount of time. Is that accurate? That's, I mean, I, ideally, you are practicing meditation um, deliberately. We recommend that people do it in the morning because it's a great way to kick off your day and set an intention. Um, And then mindfulness, the intention with mindfulness is that you are generalizing this to every moment throughout the rest of your day. Sometimes it's important to be able to think about the future or reflect on the past, um, but we want to be able to do that in a way where we can um, stay in a zone of thinking that is constructive, um, where you can prepare appropriately for the future, but not have too exaggerated of an emotional reaction to future worries um, or anticipated stressors. That said, you know, this is not about kind of uh, reducing emotions that are really valid, um, but it's helping you be present in those emotions um, and not turn up the volume on them unnecessarily. Um, It's ideally helping you learn how to be more clear-headed um, and in a little bit more control over your experience while you can sit with experiences that are challenging um, but not be completely overwhelmed by that. The point of meditation is to help you be calm and present in any moment that you experience throughout the day. Uh, are you seeing more men or women using meditation? We actually see um, both. This is a, an interesting um, finding, in fact, that we, we do skew slightly more female, but are um, nearly 50-50 in terms of members of, of Headspace um, and, and users of our product, which really goes to show that, you know, this isn't, uh, this is something that is fairly universally accessible and relevant. Um, I do think that part of that is having a brand that is more approachable um, and is not, and it's fairly balanced in terms of, of gender um, yeah, yeah. Uh, perception. So let's talk about Headspace. It's become one of the most popular meditation apps out there. Um, how does it work? Is it, is it for everybody, you know, all different levels, beginners, as well as those who have been meditating for years? Yeah, Headspace has gotten a lot of positive feedback about um, how well we support beginners and those new to the practice of meditation. Um, And part of that is the experience of onboarding into the app itself. When you get started, you're asked to choose um, different problem areas or opportunity areas that you want to work on. So really, you know, taking a moment to reflect on what are you looking for help with? 
when you come to Headspace and really what is the intention behind your desire to learn and apply um, meditation and mindfulness to your life. After that, you're actually um, encouraged to start with our basics level one course, which is um, really designed to be um, support for people completely new to meditation. You can skip that. And so we have, you know, over thousands, thousands and thousands of hours of guided meditation content, as well as mindful activities for people to do in the app. Um, and what we've, we've, we have members who have been with us for more than four years and use the app on a daily basis. Um, we actually have new meditations every day, as well as new um, kind of wake-up videos that are you know, inspiration around how you apply mindfulness to your day. Um, that changes um, dynamically every 24 hours. So there's always something new for people to do in the app if they are really experienced. Um, what we hear from people who have already had a meditation practice but still choose to use Headspace is that they, they find that they prefer to practice um, with the guidance of our founder, Andy, who is the voice and mindfulness expert behind the app, um, and that they want to be part of this broader Headspace community. They like having a new topic or theme that they can reflect on in their practice. And so while people certainly can learn and apply meditation and mindfulness on their own, and we, we see many people go and do that, they often come back from time to time when they want an infusion of support um, or they want, you know, a, a new inspiration. Some people might think of, of meditation as being tied to a religion, uh, but there's really a difference between the religious meditation and the secular mindfulness uh, meditation. Is that right? That's right. And the, the type of meditation that we practice and, um, and teach through the Headspace app is mindfulness meditation, but we've really intentionally designed the product to be accessible to anyone. Um, you know, meditation and mindfulness have been around for thousands of years, and they actually are part of many different traditions. They're also part of many evidence-based psychological interventions. And so we do see that, you know, these core skills have such cross-cutting benefit for people um, that they have been really widely adopted um, and really aren't unique to one um, specific religion or tradition or even, you know, health intervention. And you know that a lot of people are skeptical. Um, and I, I think as the, the chief science officer at Headspace, you're kind of the perfect person to answer this next question. Does meditation really work? Is there scientific evidence there is a wealth of scientific evidence um, supporting the efficacy of meditation for a variety of different conditions in terms of management of um, mental and physical health, um, as well as different clinical outcomes. We've done, um, we have about 70 studies um, that are either completed or underway associated with Headspace specifically. 26 of those have already been published in peer-reviewed journals and show that Headspace um, specifically is effective for reducing stress, um, improving resilience, reducing negative emotions like symptoms of anxiety and depression, improving focus, um, as well as improving interpersonal um, factors. We've done a few really interesting social psychology experiments where 
Um, we've seen that had people who used Headspace for three weeks for about 10 minutes a day were less likely to be aggressive um, when provoked, meaning they were less um, reactive to provocation. They were also less irritable um, towards others, and they were more compassionate, um, which we measured by more likely to actually help a stranger in need. We're actually doing a brain imaging study that's wrapping up right now at Carnegie Mellon, um, where they are looking at the stress buffering effect of, associated with headspace um, over a several month period of time. There's great prior research that suggests that frequent meditators are buffered um, to stress, you can, as well as um, that meditation can uh, really improve our body's ability to respond to stress or um, that we're really less susceptible to chronic stressors when we meditate regularly. In a treatment capacity, the, the dose of meditation um, as well as what you complement um, your meditation practice with would need to be increased. So when we've done studies of using Headspace with people suffering from depression or suffering from more clinical levels of insomnia or anxiety, our intervention changes. Um, it's, it's all possible to do within the, the current Headspace app, but usually a little bit more guidance is needed. Um, we tend to recommend increasing the dose of meditation up to about 20 minutes a day, as well as engaging in other behavioral skills. Um, right now in the app, you can explore our sleep health course, um, which is a great example of this. We've actually integrated behavioral um, sleep techniques alongside guided meditations um, in, in consultation with an expert who actually developed mindfulness-based therapy for insomnia at Northwestern University. Um, and, see, and you can expect to see more of these kind of guided courses coming out of Headspace where we do try to help um, individuals learn what behavioral skills could be useful complements to a meditation practice. Um, you can also, you know, do this in consultation with, um, you know, expert support. And we have a number of health systems that actually incorporate Headspace into behavioral health care where therapists are recommending Headspace alongside um, or really, uh, you know, as a step down or as a replacement for psychotherapy. Looking at the Headspace website, there is a ton of information. If people want to learn more, that is a great place to start. And uh, it looks like there are so many different kinds of meditation for different personal issues like anxiety or weight loss, anger, sleeplessness. Um, are there different types of meditation, first question, and second, what are the most popular meditations at Headspace? That's a great question. So we, we do have a number of different meditation techniques um, that are incorporated into the app and um, have recorded courses that are really focused on different problem areas for people. Our most popular courses are, um, are courses that focus on stress management, on managing anxiety, um, on self-esteem, as well as on improving sleep. Um, sleep has been such a hot topic for us that we've actually built out an entire um, sleep offering, which you can navigate to through the bottom menu bar at Sleep by Headspace. And, and that's really been designed to offer up um, more tailored content for people looking to uh, learn how to create the right conditions for a good night's rest. So that includes 
content ranging from actually guided meditations that are meant to be used during the day to improve your sleep at night to wind down exercises you can do at bedtime, sleep, sleep music that you can listen to um, that tries to get your brain in a more relaxed state, um, as well as these uh, sleep tasks, which are actually nonlinear stories that you could listen to. You can think about them as a bedtime story um, that is boring enough um, and nonlinear so that you are engaged enough to not be distracted by your own thoughts um, but not interested enough to stay awake. Um, these stories are nonlinear in that they don't have a beginning or an end, and they actually reshuffle every time you listen to them hmm. such that you're not anticipating what's going to come next. Um, it's really designed um, in a way to help you be able to disengage and fall asleep. Oh, that's fascinating. If meditation makes you more aware of your thoughts and your feelings, some people might think that uh, it might make you more aware of the negative emotions that can make you feel even worse. Is that a possibility? Well, I think it's, it's both and in that case. But you, yes, you certainly can and will experience more awareness of emotions that kind of cut across the entire spectrum of our experience from positive to negative. Um, at the same time, part of what you're learning how to do in meditation is learn how to sit with those feelings without judgment um, while kind of being grounded and calm. Um, so, you know, what you really learn how to do in meditation is learn how to not be overwhelmed by those experiences, but to, to hold them and sit with them and then kind of move on from them and really find peace and grounding in either returning to your breath or another attentional anchor, like, a, you know, imagining um, a peaceful place, um, imagining a, a light kind of beaming through your body. There's a lot of different tools that Headspace teaches that help people be present with their emotions, but also come back to um, a experience that really lets you stay grounded in the moment. Um, and we find that that actually helps people with their experiences more comfortably. And so I, I, these emotions, whether good or bad or physical sensations, they're already there. Meditation isn't causing them. It's simply helping you be aware of it. And if you look at every evidence-based psychological intervention, everything starts with awareness. You really cannot change and learn how to improve how you cope with experiences until you are aware of what's already happening and what you're already experiencing and what you already are doing to manage it. Um, that's really the key first step in any kind of change. Yes, yes. Well, some people may have tried meditation in the past and they thought, nothing's happening, I'm not feeling anything. What are they doing wrong? Well, I, I, I think there's really not a, a wrong or, or right um, way to practice meditation. Um, I think some people might be expecting this like lightning bolt of insight after right, your first right. meditation session. Um, and these these first benefits that you feel are going to be subtle. Um, it's going to build up over time. We do expect that after about 10 days, you've experienced a um, you know meaningful reduction in your stress level. But what you'll start, you may not notice anything in the moment of practice. Um, but what you'll notice is that 
Maybe you're a little bit more patient um, at, at dinner time with your family. Maybe you're a little bit less reactive when a colleague does something that irritates you. Um, maybe you're able to focus a little bit better. There are these subtle changes that you will start to observe in other aspects of your life, um, and that's really why we do it. It's not about being good at meditation in the moment. It's about really building up that muscle in our brain that lets you learn how to observe and be aware when your mind has wandered, when you're caught up in thinking about the future or the past, and bring it back to the present. And right. so it's really that exercise of observing and then coming back to the present and the, the effects of that are most likely to be seen in how we show up for other people in our lives. So, Megan, you keep saying practice. Is it, are you saying that intentional? Is, is, is that something that uh, it takes a lot of practice before people are going to start feeling the benefits of meditation? It's, it's actually a great call out, an observation. Um, practice is still even what our founder, Andy Puttycomb, who spent 10 years as an ordained Buddhist monk, describes. Um, he you know, still has a robust meditation practice, but he calls it a meditation practice to this day, and that's quite um, typical of experienced meditators. It is, um, I think, you know, one of the, the key uh, ideas associated with mindfulness meditation is that of a beginner's mind. It's bringing this quality of um, a complete novice to anything that you do, and so we like to talk about meditation as being something that you, you can come into with any level of experience, but there is always going to be room for you to learn and grow um, and experience different benefits associated with that. But, you know, our minds are a fascinating place. Um, our experiences change every day, and there is, there is no um, destination that you are trying to reach with your meditation practice. It is really, um, and that's why we, we do use that word over and over again, because the, the benefits are associated with that commitment to this ongoing um, and repeated um, exercise of, of these skills. Um, and I, I think when you approach it with what we call a beginner's mind, which is really just a fresh attitude, um, not expecting something specific to happen, not being evaluative of yourself. Um, that's where we talk about self-compassion. It's not that you had a good or bad meditation session. It just simply was whatever it, it was. Um, it might be that you, your thoughts wandered, that you were thinking more about your, your shopping list or your, the emails that you need to respond to, um, but you are simply training yourself in that awareness. Um, and practice is really what it will always remain. So to get, get the, the full benefits of meditation and, and talking about this practice, you know, some people are going to say, how am I ever going to find the time to meditate? But with this type of meditation, with the app, you can kind of do it anytime, anywhere. Is that right? You can, and we see that, you know, you, you can start wherever feels approachable for you. As a behavioral scientist, I strongly encourage you to set achievable goals, actually, you know, feeling a sense of self-efficacy where you can set a goal, 
um, accomplish it and build on it over time is much more effective for establishing a new routine. Um, I'd also really encourage people to layer on mindfulness to something that you already do. Headspace has a variety of content that applies mindfulness to our everyday things like cleaning the house or cooking or eating. Um, and so I think it can be helpful for people to start with that just to experience what's different about a mindful approach to those activities. And, you know, just like you think about how the benefits of running are going to be amortized over time or the benefits of going for a walk um, every day and getting those 10,000 steps in, it, it, it never ends in terms of your body needs that those walks that continue really in perpetuity for those right. health benefits to continue. Um, meditation is no different than that. You certainly, um, if you're using it as a acute intervention, meaning you're feeling really anxious and you need to get through that, you certainly could use meditation um, more intensively for a period of time. But then we really encourage people to maintain a regular practice so that you can get those preventative um, benefits as well. Do you practice meditation once a day, twice a day, three times a day more? Uh, it's a great question. I, I find that actually building up to a longer duration of practice is more helpful than um, kind of shorter, shorter doses throughout the day. We do um, have a daily meditation for all of our Headspace team um, at 10.05 every morning. And so I'm usually um, doing a meditation solo first thing in the morning, um, but then I always join our all-company meditation, which is about 10 minutes long. Um, that's been really supportive, and on those days when I miss my morning um, meditation, it's really helpful to have the permission um, and accountability of showing up for our company meditation. So in your opinion, is meditation for everyone? I think it's certainly relevant for everyone, and it, it could be helpful to everyone. Um, I don't like to present meditation as a panacea, um, but it does help um, really empower you to be aware of the way that you think, the way that you behave, the way that you experience emotion. And whatever you choose to do with that thereafter, awareness is a really helpful place to start. Are there any plans to introduce new languages at Headspace? There are. We've been um, committed to expanding global accessibility to our product. Headspace is currently available in English, French, German, um, Spanish, Brazilian, Portuguese, um, and we have many other languages um, coming along shortly. Oh, that's terrific. Is it okay for children to use mindfulness and meditation as well? Children um, implicitly understand um, meditation and mindfulness. It's really appropriate for them. Um, mindfulness is being used quite broadly in schools around the world, um, really to help kids early on develop healthy um, emotional regulation skills. Um, there are ways that you can adapt this practice to be relevant really across all ages. Um, we, we use it in my son's preschool um, he's able to do some of these, you know, really short um, mindfulness practices. Having visited many of the schools um, where we've implemented Headspace, it's just amazing to hear these kids talk about how it helps them 
you know, manage when they, when they feel overwhelmed because of the homework that they have to do that night, that they take a break and use headspace, and it really helps them focus and feel calmer. Um, they use it often before exams, um, coming back in after recess as a way to resettle. Um, and they all say, oh, you know, my mom or my grandma really need to use this. So in closing, you know, there we, we started off by saying there's just so much anxiety in the world these days. What do you want people to understand about meditation and how Headspace can help you get started? The main thing I'd like to leave people with is that this is designed to be a empowering tool um, that really helps give you a new way of looking um, at your experiences. Um, it can be effective in just 10 minutes a day after a couple of weeks um, and, and really has cross-cutting benefit because of the way that meditation is changing your body and your brain. Um, it, it can help you sleep better, improve your focus, reduce your stress. It really is designed um, to be something that helps us show up as our best selves. Boy, there's never a better time. Thanks so much, Megan. My pleasure. Even if you're not quite a believer in the power of meditation, you can't argue with the fact that there are many successful business leaders, tech world leaders, athletes, and Olympians who practice mindfulness and meditation every day. And as we've said today, it can help you respond to what's happening in the world instead of reacting blindly. In today's world, respond, not react, is a life-changing proposition that has many applications in the workplace and in life, which is why we're talking about it today. One easy way that HPE employees worldwide can learn more about meditation and give it a try is by signing up for Headspace. It's absolutely free, compliments of HPE. Joining is simple. HPE employees received an email that included a link and instructions. Or you can find a link on the HPE Global Wellness page on HPE Insider for employees outside the U.S. and on the HPE Wellness site for U.S. employees. HPE is pleased to offer free Headspace subscriptions to all team members, so we hope you take advantage of it and give meditation and mindfulness a try. As always, there are many great free resources at HPE for coping with stress and anxiety. For employees in the U.S., look for those resources on HPE Wellness and outside the U.S. on the Global Wellness page. We hope this episode's been helpful. Once again, our thanks to Megan Jones-Bell, the Chief Science Officer at Headspace. Until next time, take care of yourself, take care of others, and stay safe. Let's talk again soon. Mm -hmm.